Welcome to this class on the Episcopal Church on Christianity and the Episcopal tradition. My name is Mike Angel. If we don't know each other, if you've stumbled upon this class online, welcome. I'm glad you are with us. In this class, which is the final in the series of three classes, I want to talk a little bit about belief, about belonging, about the practice of Christianity. What does it mean? For a very long time in the Christian tradition, particularly in what we sometimes call the West or Western Europe, Christianity has been portrayed as a system of belief, as a set of intellectual presuppositions that you sign up and say, yes, this is what I believe. And I'm going to link to a couple of videos below in the comments uh, to a couple of teachers that I pay attention to a great deal. One is the presiding bishop of the Episcopal Church right now, the Most Reverend Michael Curry. And one is a Franciscan Roman Catholic priest named Richard Rohr, who's been an important spiritual teacher for me for many years now. And both of them push back on this idea of that whether you believe a particular set of things is what makes you a Christian. Both of them ask questions about belonging. I'm going to continue this appeal to you that while there are a certain set of beliefs, so-called beliefs, that if you choose to be confirmed or received in this tradition, you will say, I believe or we believe. A couple of thoughts around that as we get started. So I talked about in an earlier video that the Anglican tradition sought to be comprehensive, sought to hold together people who had lots of different ways of looking at things like the Eucharist. Uh, Anglican tradition has tried to hold questions together, uh, hold people together who have different viewpoints. And that may be even more important today. Uh, we have a lot of litmus tests for belief. We have a lot of spaces where people say, you must think this if you're going to be a part. There's quite a question out there about whether you have to believe something first in order to belong, or whether you should try to belong first and see if belief comes along the way. Richard Rohr says that we don't think ourselves into new ways of living. We live ourselves into new ways of thinking. We don't think ourselves into new ways of living. We live ourselves into new ways of thinking. So what does that mean when it comes to being a Christian? What does that mean when it comes to the idea that if you're going to be an official Episcopalian, you're going to say, I believe. Well, let's take a look at that. Episcopalians take the creeds the Nicene and the Apostles' Creed, to be the fundamental statements of our faith. And there were centuries in which those were pretty important as intellectual beliefs. Now I would say they sort of provide us a framework, a starting place, more than a finishing place when it comes to the question, what do we believe? 
in the service of confirmation, in the service of uh, reaffirmation of faith or of reception into the Episcopal Church, as in the service of baptism, uh, the bishop stands before the congregation, the whole congregation, including the people who are gonna be affirmed or received, and starts out by asking, do you believe in God the Father? Now, at Holy Communion, in most of our liturgies, we make room for inclusive language, and we don't have a version of the baptismal covenant or the creeds that are inclusive yet, uh, hopefully one day. But do you believe in God the Father? And the people respond, I believe in God the Father, the Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. This set of questions, do you believe, do you believe, do you believe, is, is actually the root of where we have the creeds from. Um, before there were statements of Christian faith, there were these sort of uh, quizzes, this back and forth that happened in the liturgy of baptism. This is what um, baptismal candidates said in the earliest centuries of the church. And they assented to three principal beliefs. The first three questions, do you believe in God? Do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? And in these, you essentially tell the story of Christianity. I believe God created heaven and earth. Uh, I believe in Jesus who was uh, conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. Um, who suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and is risen. You're telling the story that we tell year in and year out in the liturgies of the church about Jesus. Uh, he descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again, the Easter proclamation. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I'd like to point out that while those are statements of faith, they are pretty bare statements of faith. We don't even say specifically that Jesus rose bodily in the creed. And that's a really important point to some Christians. Some Christians less so. Uh, there's a whole argument back and forth between uh, scholars like N.T. Wright and Marcus Borg about what does it mean that Jesus was risen. And you don't have to decide what you think of that in the creed, in the baptismal covenant. It's just one example of a place where people can say the same words and mean maybe different things by them or have important disagreements in the life of the church. After the statements about God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit is where the baptismal covenant to me gets really interesting because the baptismal covenant includes a set of questions. Will you continue in the apostles teaching and fellowship in the breaking of the bread and the prayers? And the people respond, I will with God's help. You're committing to being a part of the worship of the church, part of the prayers, part of Eucharist. Will you persevere in resisting evil? And whenever you fall into sin, repent and return to the Lord. I like the word whenever in that question, uh, because there is this sense that all of us, all of us are sinners. 
all of us get it wrong sometimes. All of us need to return. And so sin is not some big giant stain on us for all time. It is something that all of us are in the midst of in the human condition. Will you proclaim by word and example the good news of God in Christ? This one makes Episcopalians really nervous. But there is this sense that your faith should be good news. And in a lot of our world, for a lot of people, Christianity has not been proclaimed as good news. Uh, it has been held over folks' head as a threat. But how can you proclaim your faith? How can your life demonstrate that this is good news for you? Will you seek and serve Christ in all people, loving your neighbor as yourself? This comes from Matthew 25, the great teaching that Christ will meet us in our neighbors, in the hungry, in the naked, in those who are imprisoned. We will meet Christ. Will you seek and serve Christ in all persons, not just your friends, not just those you get along with? Will you seek and serve Christ in all persons? And then finally, will you strive for justice and peace among all people and respect the dignity of every human being? These are practices. They are practices. They are ways of living out the faith, worship and prayer, repentance and humility, proclamation and joy seeking and serving, striving for justice and peace. I'd encourage you, especially those of you who are preparing for confirmation or reception and reaffirmation in the church, to take some time with these pages of the Book of Common Prayer, pages 304 and 305, the promises of the baptismal covenant, and particularly those questions at the end. You might take some time to write out your responses about how. Not just I will with God's help, but how do you plan to continue in the breaking of the bread and the prayers? How often do you hope to be at worship? Be realistic about it. What is one way that you will seek and serve Christ in your neighbor? What is one way that you will proclaim the good news and bring joy in the midst of sorrow? What is one way that you will strive for justice and peace? And this brings me to the second part of this presentation, which is to say, if we think that Christianity is a way of life, if we think of Christianity is less about intellectual belief and more about a set of practices, how do we live that out? It's actually not a new idea. Um, the idea that Christianity is a set of practices is ancient, at least as ancient as the first few hundred years of the church. And since the first monks and nuns, the desert monastics, uh, went off from the cities and tried to live this way of Jesus, there has been within the church this current of seeing faith as something with which we wrestle, seeing faith as something that we 
try and practice and fail at again and again and again, and it is still worth practicing. Uh, that is something that is nice about practice. Whereas if you think about Christianity as a set of intellectual beliefs, as a set of affirmations, you must always hold and must always hold tightly to, then anytime that you have a doubt or a wonder, it can feel like a failure. Whereas if you see Christianity as a set of practices, a way of being in the world, well, just like an athlete uh, often fails, you know, the, the big, good batting averages out there are like in the 300s, which means six or seven times out of 10, that batter is not hitting the ball. If we see Christianity as a set of practices, there is room for those of us who screw up to screw up sometimes. And by the way, that's all of us. That word rule of life, it comes up in the video linked below from Michael Curry. Uh, the presiding bishop a few years ago offered a set of practices to the church. I'll let presiding bishop Curry talk about his set of practices. I want to talk a little bit about my own. When I was in college, a priest at the church I was attending in San Diego offered a rule of life to the congregation, offered a set of practices, and I took it on. And I would commend it to you or the rule of life to you. For whatever reason, this set has worked for me for almost 20 years now. You may find that you need to adjust more often. And particularly if you're thinking about a rule of life right now, I would encourage you to be flexible, to adjust, but these are mine. Worship weekly. I try to be in worship every week. Now, as a priest, as somebody who's most often paid to be at church, that's pretty easy. But even those weeks when I'm on vacation, when I'm away from Holy Communion, I try and be in worship. Uh, whether it's coming here on Wednesday when I get back from being away, or whether it's attending a church outside of the city uh, somewhere I don't know, I try to worship weekly because I find that starting my week with worship really helps set my week up, helps calibrate for me. Pray daily. Here's one where I fail all the time, but I do try and pray daily. Uh, for me, daily prayer right now, it looks like a pretty specific practice. I follow the offices of the prayer book. Uh, we talked about in the first video, Archbishop Cranmer tried to take the eight prayer services of the monks and bring it down to just two or three uh, so that everyone would have this rhythm of prayer in their day. I take morning prayer uh, and I try to read two of the Bible readings in the calendar for morning prayer you'll find in the back of the prayer book. Now, the tradition of the church would have us read other poems and things from scripture in between, something called canticles. And for me, lately, instead of reading one of the canticles from the prayer book, I try to read a poem as well. And then I pray for some of the things that we're asked to pray for in the church, uh, for the church, for the government, uh, for the intercessions of those who are hurting. I, I pray through the Holy Communion prayer list. And then I make room for silence. I try to sit for 10 to 20 minutes of silence using the practice of centering prayer. 
finishing with the Lord's Prayer and then reading whatever short prayer for the day is assigned. I find that daily prayer really helps ground me and particularly if I am able to start my day with prayer, it sets a good tone for the day. My rule of life continues with give generously. Uh, right now we're in the midst of the stewardship season at Holy Communion and I do make the church m my primary place of giving. My spouse and I have elected to give away 10% of our income. Most of that goes to the church and we select other charities and organizations uh, to receive the rest of it. Uh, but that practice of giving generously helps me to remember from where my finances come. Uh, it helps me to give thanks. And frankly, as somebody who grew up with quite a bit of privilege, uh, it helps me to feel like I'm doing my part to restructure. We live in a world that structurally advantaged people like me. And so I try and give away my money in a way that helps to fund outside of that structure, helps to undo the way that we've structured economically. Serve joyfully. You heard that idea of seeking and serving Christ in others in the baptismal covenant. I do try and have part of my time be given away in service. Sometimes for me, that is my service on an organization's board that does human rights work in Central America. Sometimes for me, that means showing up at times when I'm not scheduled for things like laundry love for church. But I do try and really intentionally give not just my money, but my time. Uh, if you're looking for a way to give some time away, we've got some ideas at Holy Communion, most of them related to church, but outside of the church as well. I love talking with people about how to give some of their time away. Learn constantly. And we're wrapping up a class and maybe this has been some learning for you. Maybe this is about reading and graduate degrees and whatever program you're in the midst of. But I'd also encourage you to think of learning constantly as a posture. Like a lot of us often find ourselves in conversation. I know this is the case for me, where I find myself sort of listening and really getting ready to talk. Learning constantly for me these days means taking a posture of pausing, of really trying to hear the person that I am sitting with, the person who is speaking in the group, really trusting that God's voice is there, discernible in the life of the community, that I always have more to learn, learn constantly. And then finally, I try to take a pilgrimage or retreat yearly. I just got back from my retreat this year uh, with the monks of the Holy Cross in the Hudson Valley in New York. Sometimes I don't go quite that far afield. Uh, sometimes I've gone even farther to somewhere like Iona or Jerusalem, but I find it helps me to break my rhythms, to get some time outside the way that I spend my every day, some time that includes some space for prayer and journaling and rest. So for me, worship weekly, pray daily, give generously, serve joyfully, learn constantly, make an annual retreat or pilgrimage. That's my rule. I would encourage you as you think about 
um, being confirmed or received, or if that's not the case for you, just as we begin to wrap up this class, what are the practices that you want to commit to? If Christianity isn't just a set of intellectual beliefs, if it is a set of practices, then you're gonna learn more by doing than by taking notes from somebody talking. So what are the practices you want to experience? What are the commitments you want to make around the life of faith? I encourage you to think about that as we prepare for the meeting that some of us have with the bishop on the 6th of November. As you continue to make your way into the life of this worshiping congregation, what are the practices that will ground you? And what are the ways that you can participate in those practices with others in Christian community? It really has been a privilege to spend some time with those of you who are in the class. Uh, for folks who made it to the end of the video or the end of the um, audio, thank you for your time and for your attention. And I'd love to engage with you about this question about thinking about Christianity, not just as a set of ideas that we have to sign up for, but as a set of practices that shape our life.